0: morning church because people are not always ready to start right at 10 o'clock I'm going to start with just a little music to get us in the mood so if you are here and watching hang tight we're just gonna play and it's not even gonna be a anything that's uh, that I sent ahead of time there's
1: nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're our living home your prayer of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. In your presence Yo What a hard moment.
0: Church, good to see you all here. Not that I see you very well, but uh, it is good to be together in the presence of God, even if we are apart in body. We are together in spirit, because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I'll just start with a psalm that seems to be appropriate to our time, and uh, a well-known psalm that we know (laughs) probably better than any other psalm. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for the the technology that allows us to do that. Uh, We thank you that you are present with us even when we feel isolated from the rest of the world. We thank you that you walk with us. You walk with us Through the green pastures, you lead us to the still waters and you walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. What is great about that knowledge is that we know that you walk alongside of us, even when we are in the most terrifying of circumstances. And so, Lord God, we cling to that promise and we invite your Holy Spirit to be here as we sang a moment ago. And we ask, Lord Jesus that we are reminded of you being here with us right now. We thank you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, if you checked out the email that I sent out or the Facebook uh, page, you'll see that we put a few songs there we're going to sing. I invite you to sing it loud and proud. Uh, Wake your neighbors up if you have to. And uh, we're going to start with Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
1: Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing To my heart to sing Thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming love Here I raise my ebony by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good measure, safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interspersed.
0: heard a few people singing. That's awesome. Well welcome to my home office. I am so glad that you are here. Um, It means a lot to me when we're connecting like this and I hope you are experiencing that same sort of uh, good feelings Um, and I hope you're making comments below and letting people know that you're here. Uh, Just a couple of announcements. One of the things that I've been doing on Facebook is short devotionals um, pretty much every day of the week. I call it Morning Coffee with Pastor Lance. And so each morning I bring up my coffee and say, good morning, and um, we share a cup of coffee together. I read a short scripture and uh, give a short devotional on it, about five minutes usually. Today I'm reading or I'm drinking from my coffee cup from my coffee place, Pete's Coffee, uh, I first started drinking this when I went to Berkeley and I loved, not that I went to Berkeley. Uh, I lived in Berkeley, but I didn't go to Cal Berkeley in case you were wondering. But I did live there for a couple of years and came to love Pete's Coffee and I haven't stopped drinking it since. Uh, and they still send it to my home uh, once a month and I just love it, so welcome. We're also trying to connect uh, via Skype, or it's not Skype, Hi, how you doing? Via Zoom. And so we meet on Wednesdays for a family-friendly fellowship time. On Wednesdays, you're invited to come to that at 5 o'clock. I send out the link during the week. And also, uh, we're doing the pastor's Bible study at Thursdays at 10 o'clock. We're back to doing that and really had a good time this past Thursday. So it's been fun. Also, for our Spanish-speaking friends, we do have a Friday evening Bible study in Spanish, led by Pastor Hazael Sanchez, who is the husband of Ana Contreras, one of our deacons. And so we're excited that he is doing that. He is also putting messages in Spanish on our Facebook page. So that's been a great thing. Imagine. Imagine you wake up one morning and the first thing you notice is that it smells like bacon. And... You think, huh, what's going on? And you hear the sizzle and crackling in the kitchen, and you smell eggs and maybe some French toast. And you walk to your kitchen, whether it's down the stairs or uh, through the hallway, and there's a stranger in there cooking you breakfast. And you think, wait, who is this? And he turns around, and even though he's a stranger, you recognize him. To be Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be amazing? And he's just smiling and making you, making you breakfast. He's cooking. <laughs> and you're thinking, huh, okay. So Jesus is in my kitchen cooking breakfast for me. And then you sit down and you have breakfast. And you kind of chat about what's been going on in the past week. And... Uh, Then, Jesus stops the conversation and he looks at you full in the face, right there, and says, do you love me? What would you say? What would you do? Well, yeah, Jesus, you know I love you. And then he looks at you again, close up, and says, do you love me? Well, of course, you know I love you, Jesus. And then he comes in even closer and says, Do you love me? At that point, you'd start to feel a little uncomfortable, right? You'd start to say, hey. But that was kind of the experience that Peter had. When he saw Jesus, a week after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. Listen to the word of God from John chapter 21, beginning of verse 1. I'm going to read two separate passages, uh, but I'm going to speak about them separately as well. So John chapter 21, verse 1 and following. After these things, and that's after Jesus' death, his resurrection, his meeting with the disciples two different times. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, which is also the Sea of Galilee. And he manifested himself in this way. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, which also means the twin, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. And they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus therefore said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? (laughs) They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll find a catch. They cast, therefore, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. That disciple, therefore, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And so when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for his work, and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. And so when they saw, uh, got out upon the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were, not, there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus came and took the bread and gave them and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. It's a wild story, right? After the Incredible events of the previous week. Jesus was crucified. Heartbreaking moments for the disciples. They ran in fear and panic. They abandoned their Lord. They uh, And Peter himself denied Jesus three times. And then to see him resurrected, whew, the roller coaster that they must have been on emotionally. And then he, they were instructed to go to Galilee, to go to Tiberius, the other name for Galilee. And so Peter does what he always does, and he says, I'm a fisherman, let's go fishing, and so they do. I actually talked about this yesterday in my morning coffee with Pastor Lance. So part of the restoration of anyone back to a sense of reconciliation with anyone is to return to the beginning of where people are first started their relationship. It's just a good reminder. And so what happened was that this miracle, if it's a miracle, uh, Peter and the other disciples are coming in after a night of fishing, they haven't caught anything. And Jesus calls from the shore of the lake and says, have you caught, or you haven't caught anything, have you? I love that he already knows it. He's not asking them, he knows it. You haven't caught anything, have you? No, is their response. And he says, cast your net on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the boat, and you will find a catch, which they do, and they catch a huge haul of fish. This goes all the way back three years earlier when Peter had had the same experience with Jesus. He had been out fishing all night, had not caught anything. Jesus tells him to cast the net out on the other side of the boat, and he has a huge haul of fish. So three years apart— but this was the first miracle for Peter where he committed himself to Jesus Christ. And he fell at the knees of Jesus Christ that day and said, get away from me for I am a sinner. And Jesus, of course, said, you have been a fisherman your whole life. Now you will fish for men and women. And he transformed Peter's life at that moment. And Peter became a disciple and arguably the leader of the disciples from that point. But Peter had gone through a week of trial. He had gone through a time where he had sworn to Jesus that he would never deny him, and then moments later, literally, denied him three times. And so Jesus meets Peter where he is and says, you denied me three times, I will restore you now. But first, let's remind you why you followed me at the beginning. I want you to remember what first brought you to me. And sometimes we need that, right? Sometimes when we go through a time of separation from God, when we feel that we have abandoned God or we feel God has abandoned us, sometimes we need to take a moment to step back and remember what it was that drew us to Jesus Christ in the first place. Super important. The beginning of restoration is to recall the beginning of the relationship. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He's not over with Peter just yet. And so going on in John chapter 21, verses 15 and following. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. I'm sorry, tend my lambs. He said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself. And walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this, he said, signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And When he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Three times. Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Now, most biblical scholars, and I think it's true, uh, would say that the reason he asked him three times was to um, cancel out the three denials. You denied me three times. I'm going to make sure that you love me and say it three times. Uh, And as I've mentioned before, it's a fascinating um, subtlety in the Greek because we don't see this in English. Uh, We... Translate four separate words from the Greek to to say love, uh, but they have four separate words and they all have different meanings. And I've discussed this before, but Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he uses the form of the word agape, which means the it's a little less emotional. It's more of a commitment. It's a more of a love of the will, and and Jesus says, Do you love me with this? higher level of love. It's the perfect love. It's the love that's described in 1 Corinthians 13. But Peter doesn't respond with, yes, I love you with that kind of love. Peter responds with the more familiar, more brotherly love of phileo. Yes, I love you with phileo. I love you like a brother, Jesus. And that's a little more emotional. There's nothing wrong with phileo or the other two, storge and uh, eros. But they all need to be under the, the umbrella of agape, which is a love of will and commitment and covenant that, that uh, is, is requires a, a kind of commitment to it um, that is not emotional. It's not based on the emotions. Uh, but the other ones are more emotional. They're more heartfelt. And so Peter was saying, yes, I love you. I have a heartfelt love for you. And Jesus was saying, no, I want to level of love from you that's a higher level. Um, And finally, the third time when Jesus asks, he asks, do you love me? And he uses the word phileo uh, as almost a giving in to Peter. Sorry, I get a little dry here. So what I notice in these questions of do you love me is what Jesus does not say. (laughs) He, He does not say, Are you aware of what you did? Are you aware of how you affected me? Are you aware of how you hurt me when you denied me? (laughs) I'm glad he doesn't say that. Uh, He doesn't say, Are are you sorry? You haven't asked for forgiveness yet. And he doesn't say, Well, Peter, what have you learned from this situation? (laughs) He simply says, Peter, do you love me? He puts relationship above religion. He puts reconciliation above judgment or criticism. So when I read this, I, I kind of ask myself, well, what do we learn from this? What, what helps us in uh, this story? And first, uh, it strikes me that in church especially, we, have a, we focus a lot on God's love for us. It, it's the gospel message, right? For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, for God so loved me, that he sent his one and only son. But here, Jesus focuses on whether or not we love him. Yes, God loves us do we love him? I mean, it really is the first and most important commandment. I'm always surprised how many Christians will say, well, the most important thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. No, the most important thing is to love God with your whole heart and mind and soul and strength. Everything about yourself is to love God. And so Jesus is coming back to that core truth Do you love me? I don't care about the rest. The most important thing, do you love me? The other thing is that he makes him verbalize it. You know, people kind of know, oh yeah, I know that that person loves me, but that importance of saying it, um, It reminds me of Fiddler on the Rooftop with Tevye and Goldie when Tevye says, do you love me? And she responds, his wife, do I what? (laughs) It's it's this, what are you talking about? How how can you question that I love you? Look at all the things that I do for you. I wash your clothes. I cook for you. I keep your home. And Tevye says, but do you love me? It's because they never say it. And the importance of saying it is not for Jesus' sake. He doesn't need people to say, I love you, Lord. The importance is for us. We need to say it. In fact, I invite you in your room right now, say, I love you, Jesus. Say it. And then Jesus doesn't require Peter to do things to earn his love. Jesus simply says, do you love me? Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Take care of my people. This is not a requirement in order to earn the love of God. It's not something that we must do It's just part of what it means to be in relationship. If you are in relationship with God, then you care about God's people. You care about them. You feed them. You tend them. It's like with a spouse. You don't do things for your spouse because you need to. You don't do things for your spouse in order to earn their love. You do things for your spouse because you love them. You are faithful to your spouse, not because it's a bummer, but because you love them and you want to show your love to them. In the same way, Jesus says, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. And what does that mean exactly, to take care of my sheep? Jeremiah 3.15 says, God says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So Peter, being really the first shepherd of the church, the first minister of the church, Jesus is telling them, feed them with knowledge and understanding. How are we doing that in our own lives? How are we feeding our sisters and brothers with knowledge and understanding, helping them to understand God better, helping them to understand their relationship with God better? And then at the end, Jesus says, Follow me. (laughs) Gets all the way back to what he said at the very beginning. Follow me. And so I talked about this earlier this week in my uh, coffee with Lance. That the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ is twofold. It is the one of following and the one of being sent. It is the one of being a disciple and the one of being an apostle. Apostle literally means sent one. And so we are meant to both learn and grow and feed on God's word. And we are meant to go into the world and serve and be a part of God's ministry in the world. That's why at First Presbyterian Church, Santa Ana, we think it's important for people to be involved in one ministry where they are being fed and be involved in one ministry where they are serving in Jesus' name. Both are important. One without the other is a lack of balance in one's life. So Jesus says, follow me. And of course, that is especially important for those who are ministers. Because if a minister is seeking to lead and tend and feed God's people, the minister must be following Jesus Christ. (laughs) I did a consultation with the church a few months ago and one of their questions is, what do you think we should ask Um, because we're interviewing for new pastors? And what do you think is one of the questions we should ask? And I said, ask them what the last time they did a devotional, what they read was because that will let you know how often they do it and how important it is in their life and how disciplined they are. In other words, if you have someone who is the pastor of the church, it is vitally important that they have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, that they are spending time devoted to prayer and scripture. If they are not, they are not being fed and they will not have the strength to feed the flock. That is important. So that's why Jesus says, follow me. So we come back to it. You're in the dining room. You've just finished breakfast. And Jesus looks at you and says, do you love me? It's important to verbalize your love for Jesus Christ. It's important to say it. We sing it even. And that's one reason we have praise and worship songs and hymns. Because we're able to sing declaring our love for Jesus Christ. And if you love him, then Jesus calls you to follow him and to feed his sheep. To turn around and fill them with knowledge and understanding of God. I would encourage you to participate in God's good work here on earth now we are going to sing well I'm going to sing and you're going to sing in your rooms sing to your TV full out we're going to sing You Are My King followed by I Love You Lord Mm.
1: forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit lives within me because you died You rose
0: again. Imagine Peter singing this
1: I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. within me because you died and you rose again amazing love in
0: And sing this to him. I'm forgiven
1: because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. Jesus, you are my King Amazing love, amazing love How can it be That you, my King, would die for me Amazing love Take Joe. So
0: Jesus, you ask each and every one of us, do you love me? Lord, you know that we do. And yet like the man who said, I do believe, help my lack of belief. We say the same thing. I do love you. Help my lack of love. Help us to understand your great love for us. That amazing love that you were willing to go to the cross for us. You poured out your love when you shed your blood for us. Greater love has no one than this to lay down their life for them. You laid your life down for me and for each person. Your love overwhelms us. Help us to love you, Lord. Help us to verbalize that love. Help us to speak that love. Lord Jesus, teach us what it means to tend your lambs, to feed your sheep, to tend your sheep. Help us to reach out to those around us And help them to grow in their faith. Show us ways that we can help others to learn about you. To grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That is our greatest joy, Lord, to see others grow in you. As Paul wrote to the Colossians, to present everyone mature in Christ. So help us to find ways to help others to grow mature in their faith. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Help us to love you more. We pray this in your most precious name. Amen. If you are so inclined, I want to encourage you to write a love letter to Jesus or write a love song to Jesus. Take a moment to have that opportunity. Why you love Jesus, and then share that with someone. Share it with me. I'd love to to hear it. Um, That would be an opportunity for you to share your faith with those around you. I would encourage you to do that. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Shalom. Even in this crazy world that we live in, may he give you peace. Now and forevermore, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Uh, Thank you for watching. And I pray that each one of you is doing well. Please send me messages, uh, private message me, text me, call me. Uh, I love having conversations with people during this time. I look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless.